We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the post-week one edition of the Waiver Wire podcast. Obviously, it's time to get into it. We, we've we've found actual NFL games and knowledge and information that's happened, and we have to react. Uh, week one has typically been the best time to go ahead and get Waiver Wire pickups, uh, guys that help you out throughout the entire year. We have been on the show past years talking Cordero Patterson in his breakout season, really his own se- his, his lone season, right, Jake? It wasn't like... Breakout means he's been good uh, in past seasons or future seasons, I should say. Justin Jefferson was another highlight of ours over past years, too. So we're looking for the Justin Jefferson rookie year, the Cordero Patterson, his one year that he was good. That's the guys we're talking about uh, for today's show, or at least trying to find. Yeah. And I'm looking and, forward and to And we've got a couple at all the positions here. Let's get some winners. All right, let's hit the music. Again, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Rotoware NFL Podcast. Uh, we are talking waiver wire pickups. Can be our top priority here entering Week Two. We already have in the chat the Roshan Johnson conversation. I promise you, Uncle Ted, we're going to get to Roshan Johnson. A lot of the Bears running backs. That's the shocker of the week. Yeah, well, there's a few <laughs> running backs overall in this group. A few receivers as well. We have a, a headliner of the Rams, which surprised a lot of people. I did end up starting him. Uh, spoiler, I guess, so I can victory lap on that. We can victory lap on Luke Musgrave and the tight ends overall, especially after Travis Kelsey went down mark andrews missed uh sunday's game we had a scare with darren waller you really had to dive into the tight end waiver wire for a lot of people that ended up being pretty successful even though musgrave and his inability to stay on two feet cost fantasy managers dearly uh, or finished routes but i think we're going to get there the key is opportunity right we always (laughs) we always talk about these guys it's it's half skill and half opportunity right there are a lot of coaches that have very very good players on their teams i saw mario ranting about this on twitter and he's exactly right there are a lot of players with very good players on their teams that are on the bench for half of the game inexplicably here and uh, we'll hopefully sift through some of that traffic i got a lot of uh snap count data and route run data from jerry's mm. box score breakdown fantastic article to check out on rotowire um as well as just you know the eye test of the whole day watching football so ready to get it going exactly uh i'm joe barley you can follow me at twitter jb fantasy sports as awesome as always every tuesday is jake Latarski. you can follow me at roto jake uh, we should start on a somber note, though, and it was it was somber for me. I guess I don't want to speak on behalf of you, Jake, but uh, Aaron Rodgers goes down four snaps into his Jets debut, tears his Achilles that was confirmed earlier today by Adam Schefter, obviously done for the season. That will matter from a super flex perspective. In the case of Zach Wilson, a lot of people were drafting Aaron Rodgers if you waited on QB as the possible low end, but for the most part, that, that wasn't one of the top picks and doesn't hurt a lot of people. It just sucks. Uh, and as yeah. a guy that's 39 years old, I, I was, uh, in the case of Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. 
I'm hoping that this is not a career-ending injury. Yeah. I'm concerned that it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's anyone that can come back from a mentality perspective, it is Aaron Rodgers. But this this was a sad morning for me. Uh, having I, I missed it. I mean, I turned it into the first quarter. I, I didn't even see the injury. I was kind of getting updated later on. Mm-hmm. It was it was sad for me last night, and I still woke up sad this morning. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I, I mean, any 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 fans doing a victory lap over this is uh, is shameful, frankly. Um, you know, you hate to see it happen to a guy that you know did so much for the franchise. And yeah, I hope it's not career ending. But man, you know, he was already kind of inching towards the end of his career there. And you know, <laughs> I mean, we'll see, we'll see. Um, Definitely, I, I mean, I had some Aaron Rodgers shares too. So on mm-hmm. top of that, there is a fantasy implication. I'm certainly not excited to be rushing out and picking up Zach Wilson. Um, we'll see who the uh, who the Jets get on the phone here. I doubt everyone's like, "Oh, get Tom Brady on the phone." Like you really think he just did a he just did a Victor Lap at Gillette? Yeah, yeah, he's just <laughs> back in no New way. England. He's going to come back and play for the Jets. Absolutely not. You got a better chance of like Phil Rivers or Matt Ryan or who knows, like a Trey Lance, someone starting again, getting him traded once again. But um. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see what think what the Jets are going to do now because they are one and zero. Their defense looks phenomenal. Garrett Wilson looks every bit of anybody that hyped him up should not get dinged this year because man is he talented. He is very very good. Now, will he be able to be talented enough with Zach Wilson at the helm? He's probably better off with Mike White at the helm. But Garrett Wilson is still poised for a great fantasy season. Maybe not great. Maybe not first-round value, but still right. top three-round values. I think he's going to be – his skill is going to be able to supersede whatever happens at quarterback there. And the other biggest takeaway for me was Brees Hall, man. Is he the new Adrian Peterson? Is he the bionic man? I fully left him off my yep. draft boards. I'll be the first to admit. I'll take an L on this one. You know, we'll see if this can uh, we'll see if this can keep up. But Brees Hall passed the high test and then some. He looked great. He looked nimble. He was making – Big plays and solid runs when there was nothing at the line of scrimmage. Stutter stepping, bouncing outside, finding little seams that barely even exist. So uh, I'd be real happy if I were a Brees Hall uh, owner right now. So there are some bright spots to look at uh, at, the, at the Jets, but they're definitely going to have to address this quarterback situation. And that's something that, uh, you know, the two quarterback leagues, the ones that I'm in, I've got one with Rodgers in and, and uh, and it's not it's not looking good for me, you know. I've, I've got just Kirk Cousins, and I'm not even going to be able to start a second quarterback until uh, something pops up now. So you know, we're going to have to see what happens here. But uh, uh, Jets, they still have so many pieces. But uh, that uh, that's not the way I wanted to win my under nine and a half wins best bet. That's for sure. Or or the missing the playoffs. You were you were in on that a couple weeks ago as well too for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chat I mentioned Andy Dalton as a a Jets replacement. I don't I don't even know if that's the case. The one the one that came to mind was Joe Flacco who had experience with them last season, for the most part, the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the same, I know Alan Lazard and Reynold Cobb are there. And, yeah. uh, Lazard actually had some plays last night, but I don't think Cobb's going to be a huge factor, even exactly. if Rodgers had been healthy. Yeah. Carson Cobb was Wentz, more likely I, to be a factor as the emergency quarterback if Wilson took a couple more hits. You know, Right. Well, And, and I think Carson Wentz actually makes the most sense. I've heard a lot of people say, mm-hmm. you can't trot out an old man behind that offensive line. That's why Rodgers got hurt. No. Uh, like David Bakhtiari said, the turf is the reason yes. why. Yes, oh Rodgers yeah, the turf. Hurt. Yeah, we should have hit that right away, right off right, the bat. Right, right. I mean, that, they, yeah, that I, I mean, I, that's that's the reason why. But I, I do not believe a Matt Ryan would be successful behind that offensive line. I don't think exactly. Andy Dalton would be either. I'm not sure Carson Wentz is that much of an upgrade over Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would be any less turnover prone than Zach Wilson. So in that regard, yeah. he had a number three pick from a couple of years ago. Why not just roll the dice and see if the tutelage of Aaron Rodgers can get Zach Wilson to a point where he can be successful? For for what's worth, the Jets have said they are not interested in looking outside. 
to get a QB. Yeah, of course they have to say talk, that, right? Talk to us after next week when you play the Cowboys defense, which looked mighty good Sunday <laughs> night against the Giants. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's, uh, that's a really interesting figure. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so we'll, just uh, I was going to say, by the numbers now, I wrote this down in, the, in my show notes here, Jets' Super Bowl odds moved from plus 1,600 to plus 6,000. Jets to make the playoffs moved from minus 130, pretty favorable, to plus 215. Um Vegas reacted quickly and swiftly there, as as one can expect. Uh, what about the Bills, though? I mean, we got we got to hit some stuff uh, going on in the Bills. I mean, three picks for Josh Allen, bad ones too. Like, yeah, because I, I tune in for most of them. Like, what what, mm-hmm. what what is happening? Why did that decision get yeah. made? Uh, it, Troy Aikman was like befuddled mm-hmm. uh, routinely by what Josh Allen continued to do, which I found I found fun. I'm I'm getting older now, Jake, and I think as I get older, I've learned that I enjoy Troy Aikman more than I did as a very rowdy young Packers fan when it seemed like there Joe and uh, Troy were mm-hmm. against the Packers. But it was it was kind of funny to watch Troy Aikman just be like, what, what, "Josh, what, why have you done this now three consecutive <laughs> times?" Jordan Whitehead was uh, licking his chops every time Josh Allen dropped back last night. Yeah, this is a this is a tough one because you always have these types of dilemmas week one, right? You have to think like, is Josh Allen maybe going to regress a little bit, or or is the Jets' defense honestly that good? And uh, you know, from the eye test, it looks like some of these errors were certainly preventable. Um, that's for sure. I mean, overall, I'm not really super concerned about Josh Allen. I'm definitely not concerned at all about Stephon Diggs, who caught 10 of his 13 targets for 102 and a touchdown here. He looks excellent. And uh, I might be a little concerned about James Cook, but again, uh, I liked his usage. You know, I liked uh, the way that they were using him uh, on screens, and he seemed to be the primary back there. Um, but I think he, they just ran into a buzzsaw of a defense. This defense is excellent. The Jets' defense, we have to give them credit for sure. Yeah, that's that's the biggest takeaway for me. I mean, Stephon Diggs was great. Some people have gotten concerned at certain points during draft season. Well, oh, hey, you know, he left uh, a preseason or training camp or whatever. Sean McDermott had those kind of weird comments. Don't be worried. I mean, that's one of the best receivers with a pretty good quarterback, even though uh, all the faults that Josh Allen had last night. Like, I, I think Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm is firmly entrenched as a top seven overall, yeah. top eight overall fantasy. I might be a little concerned about secondary pass catchers. I mean, eventually the Bills are going to get into shootouts here, but Gabe Davis didn't do a whole lot with his four targets. Um, uh, you know, Dalton Kincaid and, and Dawson Knox, four targets apiece, pretty much identical lines. Uh, you know, nothing uh, too crazy there. They're going to be playable tight ends when you have to, but definitely not game changers. You had mentioned Brees Hall was one of those guys that maybe you're going to be taking an L on uh, as the season progresses, given how great he looked Monday. I kind of felt that same way with James Cook, uh, who got a lot of the workload out of that Bills backfield. Latavius Murray got a few carries. Damon Harris got even less. Uh, both those guys feel droppable to me, and I know in a few rosters I consider Damian Harris as one of my last picks. Uh, yeah. I, I'm yeah, not... yeah, Murray and Harris definitely, definitely droppable. In a game when they were behind – yeah. Um, you know, and, and would have to, in theory, maybe use those guys a little bit more. I mean, maybe that game flow helped James Cook, too. But James Cook is the guy. And even though it wasn't a huge fantasy performance, his usage was absolutely encouraging. Yeah, so that, that's that's one of the biggest takeaways for me, other than the Jets getting that surprising win, is that James Cook looks like he is going to be a relevant three-down back for that team, if only because Damian Harris and Latavius Murray definitely don't seem like they're going to be uh, critical, at least in that regard. Uh, Lindendorf said said uh, Harris near the goal line was a little scary for Cook managers. Well, Cook managers shouldn't have been assuming James Cook was going to be near the goal line anyway. That that I, I assumed Damian Harris was going to get more carries, kind of like Devin Singletary last year. One and it, one carry for Damian yeah, Harris. That's I, my I, answer to that. Like yeah, okay. Uh, I'm I. If you were drafting James Cook, assuming he's getting goal line carries, then uh, just yeah, you should trade Cook now because. You have no idea what the concept was going to be for him anyhow. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the that was an interesting outcome, obviously, with the Jets getting that victory. And, again, I think Damian Harris and Latavius Murray are both droppable at this point. We'll get to more of droppable running backs uh, when we get to that running back section 
Um, the chat's already asking about Puka Naku and yep. what his uh, what his fab budget's going to be. I promise we'll get there. We have an order to things, though. Order is very important, Jake, exactly. uh, when it comes to this. We, we, we need to make sure that we go with our quarterbacks, get a little bit of conversation in there. We already had that with Zach Wilson and the super flex part mm-hmm. and the running backs and receivers, too. We've got some interesting ad drop debates to come to. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we are already uh, debating in the office who needs to be uh, picked up and uh, dropped. I'm fully going to I'm I'm put on my dunce hat and do overreaction, like full-on overreaction in week one. Let's go, Let's guys. go. Uh, I want to get a word from our sponsors here quick from Blue Wire. Obviously, if you're watching this live, uh, it'll be a quick break. But if you're listening, a little bit more commercials in between, then we'll come right back to it. This Rotowire podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try, and I can tell you firsthand, eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen, and they're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. Every week, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from, and there's something for every diet, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto, and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour-plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal. Pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, Whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor is also tailored to your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you could pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. We've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to factormeals.com slash rotowire50 and use the code rotowire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code rotowire50 at factormeals.com slash rotowire50 to get 50% off today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
All right, so we're back, and we're talking quarterback specifically. We mentioned Zach Wilson. We'll get to him a little bit further when it comes to the super flex conversation because I think that's where he lies. Um, we had talked about Derek Carr last week. Ended up being a pretty good call. Jordan Love as well, too, with his three touchdowns. And even Sam Howell getting that rushing touchdown all mm-hmm. ended up being totally fine if you were streaming. Not that you were ever replacing any of those for Joe Burrow, but he was obviously one of the biggest losers from a fantasy perspective in that felt like monsoon, but not quite last, uh, last yeah. Sunday against the Browns. Who are we looking at quarterback this week, Jake? I mean, I have to go back to Jordan Love, right? He's got a pretty nice road matchup at Atlanta. He's only 31% rostered. And the fact that he put up pretty much an outstanding fantasy game, I mean, 25 points is, I mean, depending on your little quarterback intricacies here in your scoring, 25 points is a solid game. But there are a couple things that show that he can continue to grow because, one, he did that when he was not perfect. There were some throws that he missed by a little bit, and there were also some uh, some targets that, uh, had he led you know, a little bit better, would have been touchdowns. I mean, that's going to come up in our Musgrave uh, conversation for sure here. So, uh, you know, there are there is the fact that he played well statistically yet still has room for improvement is, is encouraging. And then number two, you know, we don't know if Christian Watson will be back in week two, but when he comes back, that's going to be huge. And even Romeo Dobbs, who caught two touchdowns, still was only out there for 50% of the snaps here. So he's got... More weapons on the way, and he already looked good given uh, the circumstances he had. So if, you know, if you're looking to pick up a quarterback underneath our 50% threshold, I think uh, Jordan Lovett, about 31% rostered, is the first option you're looking for. Yeah, and A.J. Terrell, uh, stud cornerback for the Falcons, that is a bit concerning. This is going to be in Atlanta as well. I had stupidly thought this was in Green Bay. Um, but that the, the secondary for the Falcons is, is pretty good. It's not just that Bryce Young uh, – rookie quarterback for the Panthers struggled in his debut, like number one overall picks tend to do. Mm-hmm. I think the Falcons secondary might be much improved. And obviously Jesse Bates, who they acquired uh, from the Bengals. Even just watching through those on red zone, you could hear Jesse Bates name come up multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think the Falcons secondary is going to be troublesome. Mm-hmm. I also think the way the Falcons are going to run the ball, hopefully not, not well, but they are going to continue to do so as we saw with zero passes to Drake London, only two catches for Kyle Pitts. The, the ball control aspect of the Falcons offense is going to limit scoring possessions. That makes me a little uneasy. That's that's the only issue. And if it was the Falcons secondary last year, fine. Jordan Love could manage that. They might be just improved enough where there's going to be a low scoring yeah. and, and might not be offense involved on either Whether side. Whether or not Aaron Jones plays is also going to be a big factor here. You know, he was until the until that game in week one got out of hand, Aaron Jones was looking like he was maybe going to try to come back in. And I, you know, I'm sitting there with my buddies on the couch saying, no, 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 let, let, let's just leave it here. But Aaron Jones will be a big factor to that running game. You know, they need the one-two punch of A.J. Dillon. Just A.J. Dillon isn't really getting it done uh, necessarily. So if they can, um, I, I think what can happen is they can set up the run game to force, you know, some stack boxes. And then maybe when there's more one-on-one coverage, then Love will see some more opportunities there. So I guess that's how I'm looking at that from a Love standpoint. But definitely... You have to. It's tough doing the show on Tuesday when most waivers process because you do have to watch that injury report and Love's weapons are a big part of that. I would rather have Derek Carr for what it's worth, and he is going against the Panthers. Uh, obviously, Desmond Ritter's rushing production helped have him have a serviceable enough fantasy day. You weren't you weren't happy if you started him uh, in twelve team leagues, but I think you're okay from a super flex perspective. The secondary of the Panthers is pretty good too, but I thought the Panthers. Uh, well, I'm sorry, the Saints' weapons. Looked insane. We're going to talk about Rashid Shahid in a little while. Uh, but Chris Olave was back to his normal self. Michael Thomas, to your credit, Jake, looked like he could actually play in the NFL. Not that he's been out mm-hmm. for the past four years like I chastised you a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Saints offense might be legitimately really good. And I think mm-hmm. Derek Carr, I would rather have yeah. 
over Jordan Love this week. Yeah, yeah. The threat with Michael Thomas isn't necessarily that he's older, banged up, or, or I mean, he had eight targets. He caught five of them for sixty-one yards. The actual threat there might be that Rashid Shaheed is more of a factor than we were going to give him credit for, and uh, having to start him in our dynasty league uh, ended up working out. So, uh, which is all good to the main point of this section of the show, which is Derek Carr. And um, yeah, there's no Kamara yet. Won't be any Kamara next week. Um, Jamal Williams. They tried to make him the workhorse. He wasn't super effective. But, you know, Carr's 33 passes, pass attempts turned into 305 yards and a touchdown. And uh, that was against a pretty – a Tennessee defense that I think we both respect. And, yeah. um, and you know, so, so it's one of the tough – I want to say one of the tougher matchups, but definitely a, uh, a negative matchup rating there for Carr. And I can see this going up completely. I mean, I think when it was all said and done – depending on what your league does with interceptions. And, of course, there's no rushing yards. It was, it was like a 20-point fantasy day, something along those lines. Um, yeah, 16 to 20 points maybe fantasy-wise, which, you know, doesn't jump off the page. But uh, there's there's a lot of encouraging stuff there to think that that total could be going up next week. In, in two QB leagues or super flex leagues, what is the number you're putting on Zach Wilson? Because, again, you and I just talked about at the top of the show – at least I don't believe the Jets are going to actually get a veteran quarterback to compete with Zach Wilson, at least not early on. And Zach Wilson faces the Cowboys defense, which I want nothing to do with this week. But I'm assuming Zach Wilson's going to be the starter for the Jets for a couple weeks, if not yeah. more. Where are you at in Superflex? So I'm going to be light on Zach Wilson in Superflex because of you know the, the factors that you mentioned. But two, like, Zach Wilson is on that level or quarterback ranking where, you know, your wide receiver four on your fantasy team could easily outscore him every week. So for that reason, I mean, I guess 8 to 12. But, um, you know, I don't know. Does that seem high compared after, after what I just said? Out of a $100 budget? Yeah, 8 to 12%. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I think that's that's fine, and I bet you somebody else is going to bid higher and get him. Mm-hmm. I might put like your- a $4 keep him honest bid out in my super flex to see if anybody, everybody else has the same idea. And then... I don't know. You never know. Maybe the guy can turn a corner. I guess we'll see. But uh, I'm not. Uh, this isn't a. This isn't a forty-five dollar bid by by any means. You know, no. this isn't. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of what would be the highest super flex bid. Like if uh, if Dak got hurt or something, and then Trey Lance was out there, or um, like uh, the best backups. You know, um, or Huntley would probably be. You know, in in that range if something were to happen to Lamar. I hate to even speak this stuff out there, but like you, you talk about backup quarterbacks that could get thrusted in. That could be. 50% or greater of your budget, Zach Wilson ain't it. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you uh, in that regard. And honestly, there's a lot of QBs where if that situation were to arise, I, I don't trust it. Like Mike White, we had to talk ourselves into after two weeks, and he actually did produce from a fancy perspective. I'm not convinced that Zach Wilson, especially, again, factoring the Cowboys next week, makes me uh, feel comfortable. There's not a lot of droppable quarterbacks. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers being done for the season would be one of them. Mm-hmm. I had put down on our show list that Kenny Pickett is completely off my board. Uh, say goodbye to four weeks of preseason hype. That Steelers offense was garbage. Mm-hmm. And Kenny Pickett looked yep. like the kind of QB that has no idea what he's doing yep. and was a concern for us all and of last season. That that was like very sneakily one of the worst quarterback performances mm-hmm. of the week. And it's only going to get work worse with this Deontay Johnson hamstring injury that we're definitely going to touch on when we get to wide receivers. Yeah, uh, he, he's out of my list. Ryan Tannehill as well. Although in two QB leagues, I, I would probably hold Ryan Tannehill over Zach Wilson. That's close. I mean, he looked miserable against the Saints, too. Uh, but that's really the only scenario where kind of considering Ryan Tannehill or, I think, in this case, Kenny Pickens. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, before we get to the running backs, and there are a number of them, we have already questions in the chat about what to do with Tank Big, Bigsby, Roshan Johnson, and the like. Let's get a word for better vision. I think we can all agree that fantasy sports is awesome. 
and obviously daily fantasy and sports betting too. That's why we have so many accounts. What's not awesome is going to a bunch of different apps to find the best odds and manage all your fantasy lineups. Enter Better Vision. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Vision. Better Vision is the only app that syncs all your fantasy DFS and sports accounts in one place. We only show you the best odds for every bet, so you'll always get the best value. And our dashboard is the only one-stop shop to track all your fantasy matchups, DFS picks, and bets. Visit BetterVision, B-E-T-T-O-R, vision.us to download Better Vision today. I, I've loved that experience. I had a few different parlays out. Of course, uh, the Seahawks killed me on those. We'll talk about that in the Rams matchup a little bit later on in those parlays, but better vision was definitely helping me out in terms of that. And I also have our over-unders and a few of the ones that we liked a lot from our podcast a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. tracked in that same app. So check them out if you get a chance. Last week from the running backs, we talked about Deion Jackson, who did get the start. Evan Hull was not a factor because he got injured right away. And then Zach Moss did not end up playing. So mm-hmm. in that regard, he was fine. I had a flex in a few spots. The two fumbles was not yep. ideal. Uh, Devon A-Chain wasn't a factor. I don't even think he played, actually. No, he was a healthy scratch, actually. Yep. And then Chuba Hubbard did okay. Sean Tucker did okay. It, it was Tyler mm-hmm. Algier that I think is going to be a really interesting topic if he's available. Yep. He does not meet our threshold. Mm-hmm. I want to be clear. Yeah. He is rostered in 57% of leagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in case you missed was, this at the beginning, that our threshold is yes. 50% of Yahoo leagues. Um, and usually I'm grabbing those percentages on Monday afternoon, kind of when I'm starting to put the show together a little bit. So, uh, you know, there might be a couple guys that creep up past that. But Algier is definitely past that at 57%. But I just want to throw that out there that he is probably the top pickup if he is available. That's really yeah. the first name you type in just to be just to be, just to be safe, right? Because 43% is a whole lot of leagues. Granted, there are probably a lot of 10-team leagues and whatnot. But um, I will say that Bijan looked very good in yep. the open field. He looked excellent. But Algier is clearly the goal line back here, and there's uh, there's value in that when the Falcons' offense can click like this. You can have scenarios, especially as run-oriented as the Falcons are, where two running backs are viable. I always think of Mark Ingram and Elvin Kamara, right, famously with Sean Payton. If you understand that same concept, this shouldn't be surprised to have Tyler Algier and B. John Robinson startable fantasy assets for you each and every week. E- even more recently, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. And I, and I think Algier is more explosive and a better running back than whatever Ezekiel Elliott was last year at his point in his career. So I am really actually interested in this offense. I would love if they passed the ball more, but if they did, then Tyler Algier probably wouldn't be as fantasy relevant. So in that regard, I agree with you, Jay Coleheartley. Check first if he is available. Although of my 15 leagues, there was only one that he was not. Like he wasn't already picked up. So Mm -hmm. just keep that in mind. I think uh, I I took a stand being lower on Bijan than the field. Which meant I got a couple Algier shares, mm. of course, uh, sitting on my bench in uh, both Stake League and the Invitational, and at least one more. So, okay, yeah, well, I mean, but, you weren't playing we'll now. Him. Now I think you definitely can, especially against a Packers defense that. Yep. Oh, I'm better. definitely starting him this week. Yeah, yeah, I, I would be playing him as well. Too. I played Khalil Herbert, and I wasn't really upset about that either for last week. So, uh, all right, let's talk about guys that actually are under our threshold, although at least marginally in the case mm-hmm. of Kenneth Gainwell, who ended up being the main running back for the Eagles. Yeah, DeAndre Swift. Not really a factor. Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch. Boston Scott really didn't do a whole lot. Uh, Kenny Gamble might have ended up being the number one running back for the Eagles. It's a question mm-hmm. of now, will he do that moving forward? And, of course, he plays Thursday night yes. against the Vikings. Exactly. So um, I want to. I was thinking, considering making Kenneth Gainwell my number one overall pickup because not only did he get 14 carries and was right around 50% of the snaps in each quarter of the game, not only was that the case, 
but both Boston Scott and DeAndre Swift, one carry each, right? And, uh, of course, you know, we have to mention that Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch, which, you know, geez, what does that even mean? Do we take him to the right. list at this point? You know, that, that definitely has to be a move that's in play here. But, yeah, Swift, and so they, like, want to get Swift involved in the passing game a little bit, but they have two of the top 15 receivers in the league, arguably. So, uh, you know, they've got that going. And, of course, Goddard wasn't a factor either in this game. But, you no, know, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, on this offense – you the RB one has some value, like almost value uh, in the James Cook range, right? Because if, if they're seeing similar usage, you have to have this uh, uh, an outlook like that because Jalen Hurts is going to get a lot of the short yardage carries. They run that scrum better than anybody else, which also means any of the goal line carries Hurts is likely getting. Um, so you know you miss out on that. But as far as the lead running back, it's definitely Kenneth Gainwell. The only thing is he's 47% rostered in Yahoo leagues. But you're getting the RB1 on a Super Bowl team, guys. Like, this isn't one to overthink. I think, uh, you know, right uh, up there with Algier. You could even, he might even be able to rank him ahead of Algier just because there mm. seems to be more separation between him and the RB2. So Kenneth Gainwell, definitely one of the top overall pickups this week. So I actually just disagree. And we can we could rank these running backs a little bit more. Algier is definitely top of my mind. I think moving forward, you are going to see DeAndre Swift and you are going to see Rashad Penny. The Patriots defense might be one of the best in the league. And I think that's in large part why we didn't get to see more explosive plays. The Eagles have a much more difficult schedule than they did last year. Remember, we had talked about that they were uh, odds on favorites, at least in our mind, to be the top overall record before that was even a thing, uh, before the Eagles came onto this main stage. And I do think that offense is good. I think A.J. Brown's getting more involved. Dallas Goddard was like non-existent in that game. That's a lot of a credit to the Patriots defense. I don't believe Kenny Gamewell is going to get 18 touches most weeks. And I think if you want to be successful offensively, you need to get DeAndre Swift and possibly Rashad Penny more involved too. I'm more concerned uh, that Gamewell got the 14 touches this week without Swift and Penny. What is that going to look like when they do, in fact, need to include those guys more? Mm -hmm. I I actually don't want Gamewell among the top four of the running back pickups. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty bold here. I just... What are we going to do with Rashad Penny, right? Um, I'm going to give him one more week, but if he's a healthy scratch in week two, he's going back on the wire for me. I don't think I can hang on to somebody like that. Um, and Swift, of course, they want to get him involved, but it, you know, it didn't happen. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, there's some interest in uh, this type of again. It's not just the usage, but the separation between him and the next best guys here. That's what I'm going to keep going back to with Gainwell. And I think I just think coaches do dumb things, especially week one, and and this feels like a dumb thing. I don't believe Kenny Gainwell has the body type to be somebody that takes on 18 touches, especially like I'll get it. If you had nobody else, if you just had a bunch of Boston Scots, Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift are good. Rashad Penny is good when he's healthy. I don't understand why they did it. I think the Eagles just did a dumb thing and I'm not going to go overreact to the Eagles being stupid. Who knows? I mean, I guess it's it's certainly possible. He missed a meeting or something and it went unreported or or something. Yeah. Some little thing like that. So again, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to wait it out one more week, but uh, I guess I'm higher on Kenneth Gainwell than most. Maybe it's a little self-affirming. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe it's just you, but I, I'm very interested. I'm uh, even if you don't believe in Gainwell like I do, there definitely needs to be a keep him honest bid there. Yeah, and I, I do agree with that. Uh, one okay, of the running, am backs, I crazy to say you rather like if you could drop Penny for Gainwell right now, you'd do it, right? Yeah, I would. I you have would to do, do that, that, right? Yep. Okay. I think you have to do that. I, you yeah. know, we'll see if we my words in a bad highlight real tape later on, but I'm pretty sure that if I had Rashad Penny and could get Gainwell, I would make that one for one swap immediately. I would rather have Gus Edwards over Kenny Gamewell, and that matters because J.K. Dobbins has done for the season, torn his Achilles, of course, uh, at least helped fantasy matters having a respectable game before that injury occurred. This is, what, third consecutive year that Dobbins is going to miss significant time. At this point, we talk about Aaron Rodgers and his career being done. 
I, I have uh, a uncomfortable feeling that even though Dobbins is younger, we're talking about a guy with very serious injuries that I'm, I'm not certain how he comes back from. So Dobbins done for the year. Of course, you can call up Melvin Gordon from the practice squad. He's, he was done five years ago. Uh, certainly at this point, he's also done too. I, I think Gus Edwards is a really good running back. There's a reason why the Ravens have paid him, uh, despite the market of running backs shifting. I know Justice Hill got some opportunities and, and curiously goal line work. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens consider Jonathan Taylor if and when that happened, although uh, John Harbaugh has said they weren't uh, looking at outside resources. That includes Leonard Fournette and Kareem Hunt. I will believe that when I see it, yeah. but I think Gus I mean, right now is more attractive <laughs> to me than Kenny Gamble. I know the Colts are looking for wild young receivers, right? They wanted Waddle. They wanted Watson. Maybe uh, Rashad, Rashad Bateman, Bateman is the go. best that they can yeah. get, especially if the Ravens aren't going to use Rashad Bateman here, which we'll, of course, talk about later. See, this Gus Edwards situation is a little convoluted to me, and um, I, I know that you've, you've been big on Gus Edwards, and I also respect the skill of Gus Edwards for sure. Uh, and he's only 20% rostered, so he's very gettable. But Justice Hill scored two of these touchdowns, right? And Melvin Gordon's coming up. You have... Melvin Gordon does nothing. Like, literally, you you could be on the roster, and it's the same concept as Melvin Gordon, in my mm-hmm. mind. I mean, I could, he could still be out there 10 snaps, and that's something. That's the same concept of you. You, you could go block for 10 snaps. You might be done after those 10 snaps. That yeah. is all Melvin <laughs> I might Gordon be done is after doing. two snaps. I, I don't know. <laughs> you were an offensive lineman. Come on. Yeah, yeah I know. But, yeah, to try to block a linebacker, running, I don't yeah, – those days are long over. Um <laughs> So I, it's just too convoluted for me. Yes, uh, Gus Edwards is going to have a spot in my uh, in my in my Fab queue here, but um, and it's going to depend on you know what my back situation is. I had zero J.K. Dobbins. I got lucky, uh, you know, dodged that bullet there. But there's um, it's too convoluted for me to really trust any of these guys because even if uh, you, you know you have Lamar Jackson, you know, the running quarterback taking away possibly from any running back that's out there. And then you have three guys that are going to play, even if it's Gus Edwards, 30 snaps, Justice Hill, 20 snaps, and Melvin Gordon, 10. That's still three guys that could end up, uh, that could end up scoring. And, um, you know, we got issues there. I'm not, uh, I'm not super aggressive on Gus Edwards when they're, especially in a week like this week, when there are so many other options that have, that feel more safe, like their workload feels safer. And we're definitely going to keep getting to those. Yeah, and for what it's worth, Edwards had 22 offensive snaps, Justice Hill 29. Hill is the better of the receiving backs, if you think that's going to be a function in the offense. I don't think we're going to really know what the Ravens' offense looks like until this week uh, when they face the Bengals. And even still, it might be like week four because they played the Colts in week three. I don't think you have to really go all out in using Todd Munkin's scheme. That was also a monsoon game uh, Sunday against the Texans, and the Texans' offense was miserable throughout. So it's... I don't know if we've really seen what the Ravens are capable of doing. I do know Gus Edwards is a good running back. He got eight carries. I recognize they weren't goal line opportunities, but that can fluctuate and change depending on personnel matchups. I, I would rather have Gus Edwards than Kenny Gamewell. I would also rather have uh, Kyron Williams. And I think we got to skip ahead and talk about him here as well, mm-hmm. too. He played 52 offensive snaps in yeah. a surprise win for the Rams. Yeah, so okay, I totally missed that. When I was somehow I, I went through these I went through the box scores and all the stats and, and all the advanced stats and I whiffed on the fact that uh, he played 52 snaps, which is um let's see, that's 66.7% snap share and it, it's deceiving because Cam Akers uh he got 22 carries compared to uh 15 for Kyron Williams. But he was only out there for 26% of the snaps. And Cam Akers didn't really run any routes at all. He, was, he had a 5.3% run route, mm-hmm. route, ran rate. So, man, Kyron Williams is, is, the, uh, is, the, is the guy there. And I completely overlooked that. He's only 7% rostered. Uh, the one 
And, and of course, it's a good rest of season outlook, right, given this uh, distribution. But just the one and only knock on Kyron Williams and the fact that I think you might be able to get him cheaper than uh, than you would otherwise, um, and that is because he plays the 49ers this week, who are going to have one of yeah. the best defensive schemes in the league. They're going to make, um, I think, you know, they've got Aaron Donald, right? So obviously that's uh, that that's red flag number one, and, you know, they've got some of the best pass rush, and I think the 49ers offense is going to get ahead and which actually that could be advantageous for Kyron Williams if they're playing from behind because he seems to be he's clearly you know based on uh, on these situations neither of these guys uh, uh, I mean they got uh, two targets combined combined and two they're right. both to Kyron Williams so the running backs just aren't getting targeted much in this offense um, but uh, so so Kyron Williams is interesting and there's a an absolute spot on him in the wire uh, on your team uh, potentially for the rest of the season and uh, that's certainly one that I would not have guessed because I think on a whole the Rams were just going to be bad this year and I didn't give them a lot of credit and I didn't think that they could have two useful running backs on the team and there's no doubt Cam Akers stock is down despite a solid fantasy line uh, just because of how much I mean, it wasn't, Williams was out on it the wasn't field. solid he, he got the touchdown and I, I wrote it in our, our notes as well he got the touchdown on the end of the game oh yeah and it was only right. after Kyron Williams had two goal line opportunities mm-hmm. and then oh yeah 22 carries for 29 yards i'm looking Bad. at that i must have I, I must have totally misread this box score at the beginning but uh, yeah yeah that's definitely stocked down despite the touchdown salvaging the day the so there's a lot to work off with the rams and i think it first starts with what you mentioned we both think the rams are not good and i still think the rams are not good timothy johnson mentions in the chat that cooper cup could be out a lot longer than four weeks i would agree uh, I, 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 we said this maybe two weeks ago when we were doing our over-under stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if they shut him down for the entire season. I don't know if they would need to. I don't think this hamstring injury is going to linger, but I think there's a point in the year, or at least I thought prior to Sunday, the Rams are going to stink so bad that Stafford and Aaron Donald and Cup are just going to get saw, uh, sat down and it's Caleb Williams time. Let's see how bad we can be with the Cardinals. But then they end up winning and beating the Seahawks pretty handedly. And I know that Sean McVay has had Pete Carroll's number over the years, but this was without a lot of weapons, a lot of defensive opportunities, and they completely mitigated everything I thought the Seahawks did well last year. So it's either, I mean, there's three options here, Jake, but to me it's either are the Rams better than we think or the Seahawks worse than we think. And I might be leaning towards last year was a bit of a, a pumpkin scenario, right, where Cinderella were turning into a pumpkin with the Seahawks <laughs> offense, like who had a pretty easy schedule throughout the entire year as opposed to the Rams just being really good. But – the NFC West is really weird divisional-wise. Like they, they have always been, for the past eight or nine years, just really wonky with a lot of this stuff. The other part with Cam Akers, we have seen Sean McVay be really stupid and really weird with, uh, with Akers the past two seasons. And it's entirely possible that this is another one of those scenarios again where Akers is going to end up doing a, a whole lot better. But it's not as if he didn't get opportunities. 22 carries for 1.7 yards per carry is awful. Uh, and I think it's, it should be really concerning. Kyron Williams is the better pass catcher of the two running backs. It's not particularly close. That was his selling point coming out of Notre Dame two years ago. Uh, and if they do get more involved, and I think they're going to have to, I would assume we're going to see a playing time split much like this. There is no scenario looking at the data that we have right now that I don't believe Kyron Williams is going to be the starting running back for the Rams mm-hmm. moving forward. And that's why I find him more attractive than Kenny Gamewell, too. Okay, so I was thinking like a $9 fab bid on Kyron Williams. You're saying go you much higher than You will lose him to that. me. Yeah, okay, fair enough. That's it, it, so with a hundred dollar budget, a minimum, a minimum ten, um, yeah, minimum ten percent for you to to grab him in uh, stake. Like that's fair enough. So I know, I know, I know my keep him honest bid here. Uh, I, I am. 
again, he could be the starter. I don't know. I I, I feel like uh, what is it? Jazz Jazz thinks that Acres will likely get his uh, likely earn some of that work back. I mean, well, I think, he says Kyron's bad. I guess mm-hmm. I'm not disagreeing with that because Kyron yeah. had plenty of opportunities last year to win it back. Exactly. So Kyron just Acres is also bad. <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, so we got Kyron opportunity, right? You know, I always say half skill, half opportunity. I give him a, a big boost in opportunity points, but the skill is still the same of what I thought, and I think the Rams are going to be bad. So that's why, initially, mixed with the bad matchup this week, I had her lower on the rankings, but I will concede that he needed to be bumped up on where I had him running back-wise. We did have a, a question that I want to talk about real quick. Timothy Johnson asked, should I drop Antonio Gibson for Kenny Gamewell or Josh Kelly? Half-point uh, yeah. PPR. Uh, My well, answer is yes. I didn't even have to think about that. Yes for either. Okay, and I, I would agree with you on that one. I think Kenny Gamewell, just to our point, because we were arguing about who's more valuable, <laughs> I would rather have Kenny Gamewell mm-hmm. over Kelly, and it's not close. And I know Kelly had 16 carries for 91 yards, yes. did a lot of that in the second half. I think what we're going to have moving forward is play any starting running back or even backup running back against the Dolphins, because that run defense was mm-hmm. miserably bad. Gotcha. And I think Kella Moore is a really good offensive coordinator, and we've seen with the Cowboys yep. and now with the Chargers, he can scheme things well for the running backs mm-hmm. in particular. But that Dolphins defense is very bad against yeah. the run, and that's what I'm taking away from week mm-hmm. one. Not that Josh McKelly is this guy that suddenly is going to get a ton of workload. Yeah, so uh, j- just a quick, you know, kind of bring it back to the Timothy question. When I made my drop list, Antonio Gibson was the first guy I wrote down. He lost the fumble again. He has had a history of fumbling issues, and he was a non-factor after that, just three total carries. So uh, um, he's absolutely droppable for either of these guys. But back to Josh Kelly. Yes, 16 carries. That definitely stands out. There is a role. He was also a good sign that he was used more as the game went on. I pulled this from Jerry's article this week. Uh, and, of course, it was a tight game, too. You know, there wasn't anything... Um, mm-hmm. So there wasn't anything unique about the game flow. Uh, He only had 37% of the snaps through the third quarter and then had 78% of snaps in the fourth quarter. Now, here's the thing. I saw a Schefter tweet. Um, We don't really know the severity yet, but Austin Eckler has an ankle injury and is expected to be limited in practice this week. Um, I think if there was real danger of him being unable to suit up in week two. We would know. We, yeah, we would have heard about that a little more, but just uh, you know, keep an eye out on that, right? Because that gives you some big time short term value there. Now, they're on the road, they're at Tennessee. Uh, you know, a solid defense that always comes to play, right? So it's definitely going to be a, a much more difficult matchup here. But if you if you were to tell me that uh, you know that Eckler wasn't going to play week two, let's just say that randomly, yep, um, against the Titans. Yeah, against the Titans. Um, I mean, Josh Kelly elevates to maybe top three pickups this week, I think, for me. He does. I think that report would have said Eckler's in danger of missing the game, not he's going to be possibly practicing, not yeah, practicing. He'll be limited in practice. And, and head coach Brand Staley also kind of alluded to he'll be he'll be practicing. Now, yeah. the coach I forget, you are the Chargers guy, right? So Yeah, yeah. And that's why I also so don't got, think Josh yeah, Kelly's very good. Than. Mm-hmm. I think you could you could do some gamesmanship with this if you're Brandon Staley. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if my best running back is going to be out there or not. We'll have to see. Uh, and you might even see Wednesday or Thursday he'll either be a DMP or limited. But the way Eckler has throughout his career, you'll know Friday, even if he's a limited participant in practice, that he's good to play. And I feel like we would have had, especially with all the news about injuries and everyone being so hyper-focused on that right now, there would have been a report that indicates more than – he might be not practicing this week. Like mm-hmm. there would have been, hey, I don't know if Eckler's going to be good to go. So that's yep. that's kind of where I bring it up. Um, Antonio Lopez asking a question here too. He's sixth in the waiver wire. Should he try to get one of the Kenny Gainwell, uh, Kyron Williams, or Joshua Kelly group, or hope that he can wait and grab one afterwards? And I think 
I think with as many running backs as there are, because you and I are disagreeing about Kenny Gamble, that's fine. There's Kyward Williams. Uh, Joshua Kelly has value as a clear backup to Eckler. That's important. Mm-hmm. You could probably wait uh, to grab one. I don't think you have to waste a higher waiver wire claim on any one of these. But do you disagree with that statement? I actually think I was actually going to say make the claim, but oh, I guess, okay. but I guess it depends on uh, how much you how highly you think of the intelligence of the rest of your league, right? And how active right. they are on the waiver True. wire. Like, because if those two are out there in any of our office leagues or expert leagues that we're doing, there's no way they're just going to slip through claims and get, and get picked up for free. Even in my 12 team, you might be able to get away with this in week 12 when some of the teams have mailed it in, but you definitely can't get away with this in week one. So I if kind you of actually, thought Kyron Williams could sneak through. Yeah, Williams maybe. Williams maybe. Gainwell will sneak through. The 49ers thing. I, I think there's no way Gainwell sneaks through. Um, I would agree with you. Maybe Kyron Williams, uh, yeah, because of the 49ers matchup. And you do make a valid point that uh, you could, I mean, if you want to be the one that stays up till 3 a.m. and 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 grabs, whether it's Kyron Williams, Gus Edwards, whichever one sneaks through, yep. um, sure, yeah, yeah. Justice you, Hill, you, too. You could continue, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, there are a couple more guys that we can discuss here, but um, I, whew. I, I think I'd I, if I'm in that position and I really really need running backs, I'd rather make the claim and get and get Kenneth Gainwell the number one running back on the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I, I I know what you're saying and I understand making the claim, but I think with as many guys as there are, and I'm looking long term again, week two against the 49ers is going to suck. You're probably not playing Kyron Williams or Deion Jackson or somebody anyway. But that like I think you have the opportunity to wait and. There's a few receivers that maybe you would want to spend uh, that waiver wire priority on as well, too, That's fair. as opposed to these running backs. We are already at 40 minutes, and we haven't quite finished the running back, so I want to okay. get through these a little let's bit do, more. Let's do some quick hitters here. Uh, unfortunately for Uncle Ted, Roshan Johnson is only a quick hitter and nothing more than that because he got so much garbage time work in particular against the Packers. Yes. Um, Deonta Foreman got 21 snaps. I was shocked by that as well, too. Khalil Herbert was in and involved in the passing situations mm-hmm. when the game was close in the first half. Yes. I think Rashawn I would Johnson say, looks yep. good. I would say Khalil Herbert's stock went down and Rashawn Johnson's stock I, went up. But I would I not know. call Rashawn Johnson a priority ad. He looked physical. He, he looked he good. And, and he almost, once he started playing, they didn't take him off the field because he was actually pretty effective. That's good. But the fact that he wasn't used... I mean, he didn't um, – he, I don't think he had a single touch in the whole first half. Um, Might have had one, I feel like I saw, like I, one or two. Yeah, but even so, still, it was it was a lot of second-half stuff, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, there there are questions about uh, where you know where he stands on this step chart. And, uh, you know, they were – by the time that it was only him in the game, they were waving the white flag. So um, that's the only thing that makes me a little hesitant on Johnson. If you are in a deep league and already are rostering him or have a chance to get him and he's out there, um, you kind of you, you can pick him up with a hope that it grows into something. But I don't think you can overreact, pick him up, and start him week two and expect to get results. I just that, that's not going to happen. Uh, yeah, I think it's more like Khalil Herbert's fine, uh, and Deonta Foreman's stock is down. Actually, I talked about him on a droppable running back, even though he had twenty one snaps. I, I don't know how the Bears watch that tape and say, I, we got to put Roshan Johnson away, put him back in the bottle. Look, I think that one's out. But I would sooner assume what Foreman was doing for the Bears offense could be replicated by Roshan Johnson. So if Herbert gets mm-hmm. 40 snaps, Roshan gets 32, yep. Foreman gets like eight or nine. Like That's how I think the split's going to mm-hmm. go moving forward. When At least in week one, it was Herbert 
uh, close to 30, and then Foreman and Roshan Johnson split it. So mm-hmm. I Another, think that's I think it's going to trend more yep. Roshan as the end of the, as the season progresses, but not right away. Exactly. Another false flag here is Jerome Ford, right? Because you're going to look at the box score and see he got 15 carries and think that that's significant. But through three quarters, Nick Chubb had 16 of the 20 running back carries and all four of the running back targets. Um, also, I, I made a note about Jack Conklin, unfortunately, tearing his ACL. That's not going to help the running game over there. But uh, Jerome Ford is definitely the RB2 there, but he is not a priority yet. He got so much work because of game flow. The fact that the Browns were uh, that were ahead the entire game. The fact that the weather uh, dictated a running game, yeah. and the fact that I thought the Bengals waved the white flag very early in that game. There was like eight minutes left Burrow in the fourth like, quarter, so, yeah, and, they yeah. Pull, yeah, and they pulled Burrow. So um, yeah, I mean it was it was give up mode already. So that's why Ford got all that work um, on the radar. Yes, but he's not a priority ad given all the other backs that are out there. I had seven shares of Jerome Ford entering the season. I had a lot of Nick Chubb, so my idea was I wanted the backup. And at the time when we were drafting, you know, this is mid-August, he was the clear guy. He got injured, uh, didn't play until the final preseason game. The Browns traded for Pierre Strong from the Patriots, who I thought was a pretty good running back in limited sample size uh, his rookie season. So my concern was he got replaced as the backup. Pierre Strong was going to do that. I can comfortably say I'm dropping every Pierre mm-hmm. Strong share I have, and I'll be reacquiring Jerome Ford. Yep. But I am hoping that uh, – Everyone else agrees with you, Jake, that they'll just see the 15 carries and recognize mm-hmm. what happened in the box score. Because I'm, yeah. I'm not adding Ford as a play. It's a, if Nick Chubb were to get injured, I don't think the Browns just go get Kareem Hunt back again. I think Ford will be given the most of the opportunities. Yep, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if anything, the fact that Kareem Hunt isn't signed means he should be on the drop list, really, if he's not, um, you know, unless it's a super deep league. But also want to mention that Zach Moss is relevant again because yes. Deion Jackson, less time after losing two fumbles and Evan Hall left with a knee injury. So it's... Uh, we could have a situation where it's Zach Moss RB1, Jake Funk RB2, or something crazy like that. But uh, Zach Moss, is, uh, of course, has a little bit of pass-catching upside, too, so he is on the radar. And uh, you know, He's actually high minutes. enough where I would consider putting a bid or two uh, in like the stake league or something. We have a very limited roster spot in stake league, so it's kind of tough. But I thought Deion Jackson really mm-hmm. disappointed. And it's not like Zach Moss was close, right? He was eventually ruled out Saturday but was actually listed questionable uh, as of Friday. If Zach Moss is healthy... He's the guy. And they have the Texans this week. So I kind of sneak played De- uh, Deion Jackson as a flex, and it was it was okay. It wasn't great. I would do the same thing for Zach Moss. Like, from a, just a one game this week, I think I'd take him over Kyron Williams. I think I'd take him over Gus Edwards and uh, Justice Hill. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, like, I still have Kenny Gamewell yep. just this one week. But I Zach Moss is He's higher than Josh McKelly on my list. They're at, they're at the Texans, so That's what I'm I mean, it's a good matchup. Yep. Yeah, I, I think Zach Moss is the three-down back for an mm-hmm. offense that looked not too bad with Anthony Richardson. Yep. I, I was surprised with how they uh, ended up operating. Uh, real quick, droppable guys. You were you were far uh, harsher on the running back <laughs> droppable guys than I was. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very, very uh, aggressive here. So, I, But, I mean, we'll start with some of the easy ones. Antonio Gibson I mentioned earlier. Um I, I will say that personally I'm giving Rashad Penny one more week. One, one more week. And uh, although I put him as consideration because in a 10-teamer, you know, you're going to have to make some tough calls. Um, I'm in a similar boat with DeAndre Swift, right? Uh, you're going to be able to find out real soon. And, um, you know, he, he's in there. I mean, if it's a 10-team league and if you're not a Christian McCaffrey owner, Elijah Mitchell gets out there in, in consideration, only 15% of snaps, that's not good. I still like Chase Brown, and I'm keeping him in my 16-team league. But in anything else than that, I'm dropping him because he was a healthy scratch while Travion Williams saw 27.8% of the snaps. Um, I, I, I'm not saying drop yet, but red alert for Devon Chain and Zach Charbonnet. They are not involved in the offense at all, it looks like. So, you know, maybe, maybe you don't want to... 
I don't think you want to cut bait with those guys quite yet because a lot of those guys you drafted hoping, you know, by week six, week eight, that they would be uh, they would be helpful in the offense here. But if you have tough decisions coming up, man, uh, I don't think those guys are are completely must holds on in every one hundred percent type of format. You have more reasonable drops though. Yeah, and I actually think uh, I have a lot of shares of Charbonnet. I think like six of my fifteen rosters and seven of my fifteen is Elijah Mitchell. None of these running backs that we talked about am I considering dropping uh, for either of those guys. I think Charbonnet is really great, and the Seahawks are just dumb. Uh, and I think Eli Mitchell, a similar situation if CMC were to get injured, becomes easily the top starter. And I, I don't I don't like any of the other scenarios above. Like, I'll have both these guys easily over Kenny Gainwell. My job, yeah. guys. So, I mean, like, Eli Mitchell or Kenny Gainwell, if you're in a 10-team league with tight, ro- with tight rosters here. I don't, again, for me, that gets – that. It, I, I still think I'm holding on to Eli Mitchell. But, man, it is it is a lot closer for me than it is for you. Once again, that getting the number one back on a Super Bowl team, top offense in the league versus – you know, rostering a handcuff. You, you, you want to get someone that will potentially be a difference maker. And the difference maker is the handcuff in this scenario. That's exactly why in a 10-team league I have Eli Mitchell because I think if everything were to break right for you, not for Christian McCaffrey managers or himself, but for you who has Eli Mitchell, you're talking about a guy that you're starting each and every week in your lineup. There's mm-hmm. never a point where I'm going to confidently say that for Kenny Gamewell. And I know what happened week one against the Patriots. I get that. I don't feel confident I'm ever going to say that about Gamewell. You could for Eli Mitchell, so that's why I have him. Um I want to. I, we've spent too much time on running backs already. Oh yeah, there are too many good ones. <laughs> Damian Harris, Deonta Foreman, Keontae Ingram, Devin Singletary are all guys that need to be dropped today. And you're saying, well, yeah, Joe, a lot of these guys suck. I agree, but they were being drafted uh, in a few different instances. Devin Singletary mm-hmm. in particular, people thought maybe would have more of a workload. Damian Pierce did everything for the Texans. Singletary could be uh, gone. So mm-hmm. all four of those guys, whether it be for any of these receivers yep. we talked about, running mm-hmm. these running backs, and Butcher, out. keep the Chubb side of that trade, please. Okay. All right. That's, I, I wasn't sure. I want to see what the roster would look like for him. So, uh, all right. Let's get a word from our sponsors, Rival Fantasy. If you're looking for a place to play head to head fantasy football games without the huge tournaments, salary caps, or complicated game types, Rival Fantasy is where you want to play this NFL season. From a twist in a classic game with Fantasy Bingo, where players generate a lineup to complete achievements and get bingo, and a head to head fantasy challenge where you pick which of two players will score more fantasy points. This is the best version of fantasy sports. For the 2023 NFL season, Rival Fantasy is offering new users a 200 deposit match plus a 25 first play voucher. Rival Fantasy is so confident you'll love the experience. They're giving you money to play right out of the gate. Experience the future of fantasy sports on Rival Fantasy and become a rival today. All right, last week from the receiver perspective, we had talked about Van Jefferson with the Cooper Cup injury. We talked about Marvin Mims with Jerry Judy out, Jaden Reed with Christian Watson out, Diami Brown. None of those guys really hit. I actually played Marvin Mims in one of my leagues. That was not great. Van Jefferson ceded a lot of time to a guy that we're going to talk about here momentarily. Um, And, you know, a couple of the other ones like uh, Romeo Dobbs, that was great, obviously, but rostered in a lot of different leagues at the two touchdowns. It's the Pukunaku show, and I hope I'm saying that right for the Rams. 15 targets. That guy looked legit, too. Like, I'm not sure how much of the film you watched Mm -hmm. on the routes he was running or anything else. This is a top pickup for me. Uh, and I would drop him for maybe a few of those running backs that I liked a lot. But far and away, I'm going like 17 15% range oh, yes. on my waiver wire because he is going to be a factor. And if I believe the Rams don't suck, then that might even be higher because I, I don't believe Cooper Cup is going to be back mm-hmm. uh, on the minimum of four weeks. Yeah, I'd say if you're a cup owner and really hurting that wide receiver, you could go as high as 22, 23 maybe. Okay. 
to get to get to get him. Um, now the now the interesting thing here is that uh, jo- Van Jefferson still led the whole thing in snap share, right? It was Van Jefferson at seventy two, uh, Tutu Atwell, who's also worth a bit. I think he's going to have a role. Um, he had sixty one, and Puka had sixty snaps. All three of them had an eighty nine point five percent route run rate, but. Um, Puka had almost twice as many targets as anybody else. And like you said, I fully agree that he passes the eye test here. He's definitely the top receiver pickup, and um, a case could definitely be made for the top overall pickup. I mean, he's our cover boy today. There's no doubt about that. There's short-term utility and even long-term utility because if the Rams eventually get to the point where they're uh, tanking like we expect, um, you know, it's not like he's some veteran guy that they're going to sit and and conserve. They're going to... raise his value make them show him uh make him show them what they have and uh yeah I, i'm all in on this if you need a receiver especially in those three you know most i guess three wide receivers is the default now all in let's go cool uh I, i'm right there i don't want to spend more time because that that's like the obvious number one for me i think rashid Shahi is also going to be near the top over a lot of the running backs too i liked him a lot last year he was kind of a staple towards the end of our podcast last season mm-hmm. at at that point last year he was more like the Drew Brees, uh, Devery Henderson, right? The speed guy that's kind of a little bit smaller that could get you that 70-yard touchdown but wasn't a huge factor. I think Shahid's going to be a bigger difference maker, especially so long as Michael Thomas is healthy and you have to be kind of accounting for him on that offense too. Mm -hmm. And Derek Carr, for what it's worth, was looking towards everybody. And I don't believe that rushing attack is very good with Jamal Williams or Kendra Miller when he's healthy. I don't think Alvin Kamara changes things. The Saints, if they're going to move the ball, it's through the air. I think Shahid's a big factor of that. Yeah, Shahid is wide receiver three. I mean, from from routes to snaps to uh, in any of these uh, percentages, but he also leads the uh, the Saints through you know obviously through one week in average depth of target, you know, which is good. They're looking to him to stretch the field. So there's going to be some boomer bust. You know, you're definitely going to have have some down games here, but also uh, there's going to be some big games here. So uh, I'd uh, I'd definitely get in on that while you can. While everyone's out there spending a bunch of fab on Puka, you could sneak in Rashid, a very startable receiver for a lot less cost. Only rostered in 16% of leagues, which I was kind of surprised with. Mm-hmm. There's there's a few others that you have higher, but I think we need to next talk about Kendrick Bourne because if you're searching just by the stats, uh, it's going to be the two touchdowns. He had six catches. Bill Simmons, if you listen to his podcast, has been talking about Kendrick Bourne now for weeks. And Mac Jones looked pretty good. He threw 55 times against mm-hmm. that Eagles. Uh, this is not the Matt Patricia, Joe Judge offense anymore. It actually looks like a real NFL one, and Kendrick Bourne was one of the biggest factors. I don't think Devontae Parker played in this game, although no. I don't know if that matters too much for me. Uh, I know Tyquan Thornton was injured as well, too, who has been a, a difference maker at times when healthy. Kendrick Bourne might be the top receiver, even though I love Juju Smith-Schuster and he did okay. And I know Hunter Henry, we'll talk about him later on, was a factor too. I, I would I would throw a keep him honest bid on Kendrick Bourne yeah. as my wide receiver six for like mm-hmm. uh, five or six bucks. Yeah, but I remember we had all those conversations about Juju being like one real bad cutaway from a serious injury. Apparently, you know, so we ha- so we had that uh, going on, and of course that could help the snap share, and they could, I mean that could make things even uh, for when Devonte Parker comes back. Because I do think Devonte Parker has a role there. I'm interested, um, and it's not just the, the raw stat line of six of eleven targets for sixty four yards and two scores. It's the ninety one percent snap share and ninety three percent route percentage. Both of those were team highs, and he also has a pretty good matchup this week, especially if there's no Parker. You know. They the Dolphins just gave up 34 to the Chargers in week one. And, you know, I think we might see, like you suggested, I think we'll see a lot more Ramondre Stevenson in this game. But uh, Kendrick Bourne, at least in the short term, looks like uh, he's someone that's got to be up on your list. 
I mean, he was a pretty good receiver at times when healthy. It just was that system was, last year. Yeah. Did not, he was always not help he was it. falling in and out of the doghouse like a little bit. You know, it's like all oh, suddenly he's getting all the opportunities. Then he's getting zero opportunities. Now he's getting opportunities again. Hopefully, you know, he can, we can stay on the upswing if you're if you're putting the bids on in here. Yeah, I, I I like Kendrick Bourne. He's my number three, and I would be rostering him a lot. We get we then get to some receivers that I I don't I don't know where to look at here. So Allen Robinson. The important context is that Deontay Johnson is going to miss a couple of weeks, right? I mean, like that's mm-hmm. the big deal for the Steelers. Yeah, we assume a couple of weeks. Tomlin already said probably unavailable for Monday Night Football. Somebody in the chat's asking about Kelvin Austin. We could talk about him in a second, too, from the Steelers' perspective. I, I think Allen Robinson got a bad roll of the dice with the Rams. Uh, I even think at times with the Bears as well, too. But there becomes a certain point where if you're as talented as, you think, as we all think you are, we need mm-hmm. to see it on the field. And that has been multiple years before that's really happened. So that I get a little bit uneasy, but the Steelers, they might not be very good. And even t- towards last year, I know when they made that run and obviously were winning games, Kenny Pickett was throwing so many boneheaded turnovers and making dumb plays that they had to pass the ball enough to get back into the game. It could be a scenario where Allen Robinson is involved in that same capacity too. I would sooner assume George Pickens just becomes a bigger factor, especially mm-hmm. if Matt Canada figures out what to do offensively. Yeah, this is tough because Allen Robinson had a team-high eight targets. Um, he was 88.5% of snaps, which ties him with Pickens. So he's basically out on the field in, the, in their main base personnel. But, yes, there are concerns about uh, there are concerns about Pickett, and there are maybe even a little bit more concerns about uh, Kelvin Austin, who, like you, like you said, we kind of addressed that already, but only 1% rostered. Kelvin Austin was that 4-3-2-40 guy who got mm-hmm. a ton of attention just for being crazy fast, and then he missed all of last year with a foot injury. He was third in snaps, caught six of his targets uh, for 37. I mean, I think they'll use Kelvin Austin uh, in short pass scenarios, so maybe there's a little PPR bump for that. But um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm, again, I'm not super interested in either of these guys. You know, I'm looking for Puka. I'm looking for Shahid. Uh, I'm looking for Kendrick Bourne. I might even be more interested in a guy like um, like Rasheed Rice uh, than I would oh. be these Steelers guys. Yeah, it's a good point. I hadn't even really thought about it because I came to I kind of put Rasheed Rice as an honorable mention down at 36% because I think we talked about him. But Rasheed Rice is definitely more than uh, – is getting more work than Sky Moore. I'm pretty sure he's going to see more work than Kadarius Toney uh, this week. Uh, so so, so good for call so far for you on Rasheed Rice because, I mean, obviously his uh, the stock of all those options go down when Kelsey is back in the fold here. But um, Rasheed Rice is an interesting pickup. Only 36% roster too, so definitely meets our threshold. On the other side of that Thursday night game, obviously with the Lions winning, was Josh Reynolds, who had that big catch towards the end, got them in that scoring position drive. Um, and obviously Jared Goff, you think about that time dating back to the Rams, has chemistry with Josh Reynolds. We saw at times last season too. If if it's going to just be the Amon Ross St. Brown show and then mixing in uh, a little bit of Sam Laporta, I think the Lions offense is going to be a little bit – is going to struggle a little bit more than people thought initially – but if Josh Reynolds kind of becomes that number two, especially as we wait for Jamison Williams to come back from suspension, I don't mind that. I don't I don't know many leagues or scenarios where I'm playing Reynolds, much, much less rostering him. That's my only problem. But he might be a factor for the Lions so long as Jamison Williams is out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, he very much was. Caught four of seven targets for 80 yards. All four of those catches were for first down, so there's definitely a degree yeah. of trust there. And he's making um, – and, I mean, he's making – he's inspiring confidence in his quarterback second highest snap rate among wide receivers too at 69.6 percent now you know we'll see what happens down the road when Jameson Williams is involved and um you know we'll see what happens when they're more comfortable letting Jameer Gibbs have a larger workload because all of those factors mean less targets to go around but you know for your deeper leagues Reynolds is a perfectly fine short-term option 
Yeah. Um, is there anybody else, or should we just touch on the guys that we would drop? I mean, I wrote, I jotted down Curtis Samuel, but you know, not inspiring a ton of confidence there. He had enough work to uh, to warrant a look here, and you know, we'll see what happens with Scary Terry all year. But he is uh, he is fantasy relevant in your deeper leagues, I would say. Okay, uh, I had wrote down uh, at least for receivers, I would drop uh, Chase Claypool, obviously with his awful and this kind of drew like uh, national highlights, his awful block against the Packers. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't really get involved. Just not often. trying. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. You know, just like that. I have him in a few places. He's gone. I. I won't even pick him anymore. I'll just drop Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. Alec Pierce, you know, there's a little bit of buzz about him at training camp. Josh Downs got the majority of the receiving work outside of Michael Pittman for the Colts. Michael Wilson played like 85, 90% of the offensive snaps for the Cardinals, didn't do a whole lot. I don't know how effective that offense is going to be where it's ever making Michael Wilson valuable. And then Hunter Renfro, especially with Jacoby Meyer uh, doing his thing, although Jacoby Meyer getting hurt. I was going to say, I, would, I, would, I think I actually would almost consider throwing Hunter Renfro in the pickups because, uh, because of that injury. Because yeah. of, yeah, the Jacoby Myers look. Jacoby Myers looked like he was Devontae Adams, right? And then he got his bell rung pretty bad and might yep. have to miss uh, week two there. So Hunter Renfro, I keep off the drop lift. You, you put Jonathan Peoples-Jones on here. I have a tough time. I know he was only targeted twice, but he team high 88.9% of the snaps. He He's out there on the field, and you have this whole monsoon situation and about the worst game script he's going to get. I think you can still hang on to Peoples-Jones, but, I mean, if you had a chance to get Puka, I guess, sure, then drop Peoples-Jones. Yeah. Uh, you had said Rashad Bateman. No, I'm holding on to Rashad Bateman. <laughs> he played uh, less than 40% of the snaps. He was definitely a wide receiver dude. for. In Baltimore? Yes, it was It was downpouring. It was it was ugly conditions. There was Fair a lot enough. of rain. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to, ha- especially now with no J.K. Dobbins, they're going to have to pass the ball more. Uh, Bateman's going to be fine. I, I really have no issue. That he got three catches for 40 yards, actually. It wasn't only really that, but it was it was the fact that Zay Flowers looks like the dude Flowers over there. Good. Zay yep. Flowers looks awesome. I think uh, I'm going to take an L on that one. Yes, I, 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 I couldn't decide, right? I, I had two drafts on back-to-back days. I had the exact same spot. One I took Bateman and one I took Zay Flowers in, and I'm feeling a whole lot better about the Zay Flowers after I was week one. pretty confident Quentin Johnston was going to be the better of the two secondary rookie receivers. Jordan Aston was a great call as well by me. Pat myself in the back. Uh, and you were, you were dismissive of that one, but I, I was not certain about the other rookie receivers. And I, I leaned toward Quentin Johnston because I, mm-hmm. I thought if and when Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were to get injured, mm-hmm. and Mike Williams did actually. It's like, all right, we're already getting Quentin Johnston. Yeah. Uh, but he I came back. Say, Quentin Johnston, wide receiver four weeks ago. He, so. he looked bad. Uh, and, yeah. and, and like only 20 snaps. Josh Palmer played 50 plus snaps. Uh, and yep. say what you want about Josh Palmer. I think he's just a guy. Like if, mm-hmm. if Quentin Johnston can't be more involved then, that makes me a little bit nervous. I think you could probably drop, drop Quentin Johnston now for yes. any of these Flavor of the Week guys. And yeah, maybe we bring him up later on, but Quentin Johnston definitely needs a multi-week injury by either Allen or Williams to become even remotely relevant. Yeah. Uh, anything on the receivers, or can we move over to the tight ends? Yeah, I think we can go on the receivers. I did have a note about uh, probably can't give up on DJ Moore quite yet, but, you know, <laughs> just saying. Just saying, Bears fan. People drafted him in the third round, Jake. <laughs> Nobody is dropping DJ Moore right now. Better too oh, early my. than too late. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Okay, no, Sorry. Half kidding, half kidding. All right, let's do a read for the Vivid Seats here. <laughs> vivid Seats is also encouraging no one to drop uh, DJ Moore. Football is back. Kick off the NFL season with Vivid Seats and score tickets to all the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Catch every pass, every tackle, and every heart-pounding play of your favorite team live and in person with Vivid Seat Rewards. Now you earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you close to your reward. Just buy 10 tickets and then simply cash in your credit towards your 11th ticket purchase. It's that easy. Plus, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with pro, uh, promo code ROTOWIRE. That's promo code R-O-T-O-WIRE. From the 50-yard line to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has great tickets for all the 2023 games that matter to you. Just, vivid, vi- just visit vividseats.com or download 
the app today. All right, we are patting ourselves on the back for a number of things. Luke Musgrave definitely belongs on that list, and it would have been a great call for us for the past two weeks so if close. he could just stay on so his feet. Close. Yeah, yeah, there was definitely one route where he seemed to cut short and, and then and then stumbled a little bit, and then there was another one where, um, where, where Love fumbled the snap, but caught a break, and it, and it bounced right back up to him. And then they completely left uh, Musgraves all alone. And if, if Love leads him a little bit better, um, it's it's a definite touchdown. So what was already a good line for Musgrave in a day that he led Green Bay in both snap and route share, which is not something that you see often from tight ends. Actually, there's a sneaky guy later I want to bring up that's not getting talked about a lot that also fits that description. But um, And, of course, Christian Watson's out. Romeo Dobbs limited, played half the snaps, right? So that you know that's a factor here. But I think uh, – I'm pretty confident saying Musgrave is going to end up a top eight tight end by when it's all said and done. And uh, at only 19% roster, I think he's one of the first tight ends that you look at. Um, I know there's going to be a lot of people saying Hayden Hurst after the week one. Yeah. And he absolutely deserves some of that consideration. I mean, we had beat writers and whatnot reporting how big of a factor Hayden Hurst was going to be. Um, and he had a team high seven targets, caught five of them for 41 in a score. He's clearly a big factor. There's clearly rapport, uh, you know, with the, with Bryce Young there. Um I'm very interested in Hayden Hurst, but you're still picking Musgrave first. And there's actually one other guy I really like. Yeah, um, I'm I'm with you on Hayden Hurst and Musgrave. I'm going to let you lead into this other guy because I, I completely disagree, and he's not anywhere near my uh, rostering list. Or well, I was gonna say I. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were. Gonna I, go. I don't so, want to talk anyway. about him at all. Like I'm, he's he's <laughs> dead to me and has been dead for a while. Uh, not real life. Mm-hmm. So clear with that. So okay, I'm gonna say Mrs. Julie Ertz here and Zach Ertz. He's only five percent rostered on Yahoo. Plays the Giants this week. Now listen, he only had six catches for 21 yards this week, but he had 10 targets. You know that's a team high 10 target. Or was it a team high? Yeah, twice as many as any other Arizona pass catcher. Uh, Zach Ertz is still interesting for me. I started Hunter Henry with some success this week, but I also have Zach Ertz on that team, and I think uh, based on the distribution, I am going to go ahead and throw him out there. And now let's look at this from the uh, from the box score breakdown here. Clearly, 32 years old, coming off the ACL. There's some interesting, or there's some there's some concerns there, but clearly he's okay if he played 72 percent of the snaps and had a 90.9 percent route rate, uh, which is which is incredible. For a tight end, that's basically a wide receiver, right? And meanwhile, the guy that we were maybe worried about taking touches from him, Trey McBride, only played 36% of snaps with a 24.2% route rate. So maybe this changes as the season goes on. Maybe the Cardinals full on tank and Ertz just kind of throws in the towel um, and, and makes it so he doesn't want to get hurt again this year. You know, that's certainly possible here. But right now, uh, the numbers make it look like uh, Zach Ertz is going to be significant. And they played the Giants, who were definitely letting Jake Ferguson uh, get loose on Ferguson a lot of routes. Ferguson might just be good, though. Yeah, Ferguson might. Yeah, Ferguson might just be good. Ferguson got loose on on a lot of routes early in that game when the Cowboys still had a pass. Before I turned that off in the second half, so uh, it's uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, Ferguson's good, but uh, Zach Ertz is definitely on the board here in this tight end wasteland. Yeah, see, I would I would rank it Musgrave, Hayden Hurst. I would Jake Ferguson. I don't know what his roster rate is, and then Zach Ertz because I I just don't sure. want. Yeah, I could put Hurst over Ertz. So yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't bother me a lot. I just don't like the bad offenses, and I think the Cardinals are a bad offense. You know, say what you want about mm-hmm. the Giants' defense, but they got obliterated within the first quarter. It's gonna be a home game uh, again. I, I think I think that matters. Like I, I really do mm-hmm. uh, feel like the Giants have to turn around against a bad Cardinals team, and I don't think Zach Ertz is going to be super effective. Um, it's important to note that Greg Dulcich, along with Deonta Johnson, might miss some time. So as a result, Adam, Adam Troutman, who came over from the mm-hmm. Saints, 
I, I want literally nothing to do with him. I had picked up <laughs> Logan Thomas uh, in the one league that I didn't have Mark Andrews playing in. That was fine. Uh, but we also know the Cardinals defense is really bad. I, you know, like Daniel Bellinger might, might get some catches, uh, the backup tight end for the Giants against the Cardinals sure. defense. I'm not convinced Logan Thomas is going to be a thing moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Logan Thomas makes us, gets an honorable mention because he had eight targets, uh, which yep. was a team high. Um, Adam Troutman also gets an honorable mention because, again, Greg Dulcich is injured, set to miss multiple weeks with a hamstring injury. Adam Troutman also had five targets, which was tied for second on the team here. I want to throw one more wild card out there because I know like people in the fishbowl were with the tight end leagues yeah. and, um, and and some two tight end leagues. You know those those things exist or leagues where the, you get multiple flexes and get double receptions for tight end. I know these exist. So one guy that actually stood out to me when looking at the deeper boxers scores was Durham Smythe of, yeah. of Miami. Now, he is the only skill position player to take 100% of his team snaps in week one. I pulled this from Jerry's box score breakdown. He ran more routes, like quantity-wise, than both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. He was targeted seven times. Now, you look at the final stat line. He caught three passes for 44 yards. But this offense is good. Tua is good. I think it was Ted that mentioned ADP smasher for Tua. Durham Smythe is going to get his at some point or another and uh the 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 opportunity and the usage uh i love more than just about anything so definitely he's one that you might be able to fly under the radar you don't need to use a waiver claim on it you can do a zero or one dollar bid if you have to but he's somebody that um that uh that should be on the radar on the watch list here before he gets a lot more expensive than he currently is i'm gonna give you a jake letarski uh cut like a, a jake letarski level take of a cut how about chiki Kanku, who was like a, a 10th or 11th round pick uh, in fantasy, zero catches, just two targets. Ryan Tannehill looks as bad as I think Ryan Tannehill has been uh, for the past three years, and Ryan Tannehill has not been very good. Titans want to be run-oriented. We didn't even talk about Tajay Spears getting more snaps than Derrick Henry. It mm-hmm. doesn't really matter to me much, and Tajay Spears is already well-rostered above 50%. I don't think I'm jo- dropping Chiki Kanku, yeah. but I loved what I saw from Musgrave. And I mm-hmm. think Hayden Hurst is going to be a thing all season long, especially the yep. Panthers. Yeah, if you can go up. one for one there, you have to think about it. Absolutely. Um, the Titans ran three wide receiver personnel for the entirety of the game. And I think I think we're starting to realize that maybe some of the cheeky volume last year was just due to their whole receiving core being right. injured, banged up, non-existent here. But um, but between, between Hopkins, Traylon Burks actually led them in uh, snap share. Uh, followed by Westbrook at Keene. I mean, they ran, it was, uh, te- okay, so Chigi was technically out there for more snaps, raw snaps than DeAndre Hopkins, but Hopkins got 13 targets. He's clearly the guy that Tannehill's looking for when there is an option. So they ran a lot of three wide receiver personnel, and they're a run first team, like you mentioned here. Um, with the attractive tight end targets that are out there, I think I would I would go ahead and definitely put Hurst and Musgrave ahead of Chigi rest of season. All right, give me two minutes streaming defenses. Uh, maybe the Giants against the Cardinals, or is there less interesting name or more interesting? Should I, more interesting names? Yeah. So I mean, the Car- or the Giants. Of course, we're going to do this theme all year, right? We're going to pick on the tanking Cardinals and Josh Dobbs in his you know what second or third week just in the building period. Yes. <laughs> uh, so they're only seven percent. You can get them anywhere. So pick on the cards. Now, granted. Most defenses that you drafted at some point you're starting, you know, with the exception of a few here. But anyway, the Giants, they're the road team, but we have an over-under on this game of 37.5. And, um, 
you know, of course, of course, the Giants gave up 40 points, but two of those were Dallas return touchdowns, right? right. Yep. So um, it, not quite as bad as it looks. You know, if you and if you don't, and I'll admit that's a little risky. They're going to show up at the top of the list, but you know, it is the Giants who didn't exactly look great. Um, you also got to think about the Packers a little bit. They're only 31 percent roster. I like them a little less because they're on the road. Yeah. Um, but they're coming off a big week, and there's some big plays. That Quay Walker return was insane. Hopefully he's healthy because I know he was evaluated for concussion. He took a shot at the goal line there. But uh, they definitely showed some big play capability, and it is still Desmond Ritter after all. So you have to think Green Bay is in the mix. Um, Got to talk about the Browns, right? 11% rostered. Miles Garrett was in Joe Burrow's backyard all day long. Um, had an outstanding game there at Pitt. Browns, of course, the, the weather was conducive to a defensive game, but you know, I know how Kenny you Pickett's feel. Any pickets conducive for every I, sort of. I know uh, how you game. feel about Pickett, right? So, um, and the Browns definitely got they got the weapons. And then there's this there's this Indy Houston matchup, right? Yes. Houston's the home team. Um, a couple of rookie quarterbacks. Both of them are less than two percent rostered. You can get involved with that if you want, um, but I'm probably looking. I originally had the Browns ranked third, but I'm actually going to bump the Browns to number one. At Pittsburgh, uh, 11% after looking uh, as good as they did. That's what I'm rolling with. We didn't talk about Tank Bigsby with the running backs. That guy had one of the worst week ones you could possibly have. You don't actually have to look it up, Jake. It's fine because I have not been high on Bigsby. I've been talked into by many smart people to be invested in him. Didn't have a whole lot of uh, opportunities. Mm-hmm. He fumbled the ball, uh, DeForest Buckner knocked it out of his hands when the when play he didn't was think actually the play still was, live. Yeah, live. Yeah. Uh, he had another catch that went in for an interception. Like it, it was, it was like a Kadarius Tony mm-hmm. level of bad outing. Uh, and I don't think the Colts are facing another Tank Bigsby again for a little while. Although the Texans do have Tank Dell for what mm-hmm. it's worth. If you want to, for what it's worth, that. I'm not giving up on Bigsby entirely. He's 45 percent rostered. If someone drops him, I'm definitely going to be thinking about uh, adding him, depending on what the rest of my team looks he got, like. He got he, work. He, yeah, he, he's getting the work and he's consistently getting the praise and he did vulture a touchdown. So, I mean, it's but not bad. It, it's not a complete and total loss. Yes, but he had he had a pretty poor game. I mean, are you cutting Kadarius Tony after after week one? We yep. left him off. I our, wouldn't. I we actually left him don't off mind our cutting Kadarius Tony. Like you were like, here, cut Eli Mitchell. Charbonnet. I'm like, Bigsby's just a bad football player. Like, I yes. know he's getting some workload. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's very good at the game of football. It's so hard to do cuts on this show, yes. right? Because there's a million different formats and it's not just when we say someone's a, a cut, it's a drop candidate, maybe, if yeah. given the right circumstances on your team here. Obviously, there are going to be more cuttable players than the ones that we have, and it also depends on what you're getting in return. So we do cuts for fun, um, so you can get bad cut sound bites from us later on. But also, like if you're doing a waiver wire show right in the first place, you can't just say pick up 18 guys and cut nobody, right? So you got to have some guys that uh, we, we, we try to level it out and balance it out a little bit for you, and hopefully we helped you through this week one. Thank you to everybody that joined us today. We had some pretty good, uh, a lot of live streamers and a lot of action in the chat, so we really appreciate you guys. Yeah, longer show, obviously, but I think a, a number of names, especially at running back, that we had to discuss a little bit further, so I'm glad we get to spend the time. All right, that is for us on this edition of the RotoWare NFL Podcast. We'll be back in next week, same time. Hopefully more top-end waiver wire picks to uh, recommend. Best of luck to everyone's lineups.